Good morning. Good to see everyone here and smiling, and we had a little bit of sunshine yesterday. Myra and I walked to Near Island, took the dogs, and, and let them get, uh, as that lyric said up there, sloppy wet. I think, I think Josh said, unforse- what, it, what was it? Anyway, <laughs> unforeseen kiss. But on the screen, we saw something different, I think. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Happy Sunday. Um, it's so cool to see everyone here. And uh, as we talked about a lot few, few weeks ago, um, the whole exercise to be thankful. And uh, I know a lot of our families are traveling. Some are out right now. Some are actually not feeling well. Um, some moms holding down the fort at the house with, with uh, sick kiddos. Um, but it's, I'm so thankful to see you here this morning. I'm so thankful to be standing in front of you and to be able to worship together. So this series we've been in, it's called Made for This. And uh, it's been a ton of fun as we've looked at um, what did God make me for? What did God make us for? You know, what, what strengths did he give me? What um, spiritual gifts uh, did he give me? How many of you guys have taken the spiritual gifts? All 108 questions um, Pastor Sharon had let me know last night. <laughs> he goes, hey, bro, this thing's like 108 questions. And I could see him sitting on his couch like on question number five. And he did the math, right? So um, it's fun, though. And if you haven't posted your top three yet, uh, you can go on Facebook and say, hey, here's my top three. And it's not about, look at me, look at my, you know, I, I know part of you enjoy that. But it's for the rest of us. It's really cool to know, um, how did God make you? You know, what did God wire you to do? So I encourage you to do that. That's what we talked about last week. Um, this week, we get to talk about, and I promised you it wasn't going to be all mushy, and, uh, and it wasn't going to be the, uh, that's a Valentine's Day message about what is love. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll do that one on Valentine's Day. This one is about we were made to love. And I love this topic um, because honestly, it's like it's the greatest commandment. Love God and love others. And what we're going to dive into today is um, not only we've been commanded to love, we were made to love, um, but we, we do love. The question though is, and, and I don't want to give it away right now, the question is what, what are we loving? What is in the center of our love? So, 1 John 4, 7 through 18 is our key scripture today. Um, but as, before I jump into that, I want to talk about the Bible. talks about four different types of love. And some of you today came in for this type of love. So, eros, the romantic love, that's, that's one of the loves that the Bible talks about. Um, it's, you, you can read about eros love in 1 Corinthians or Song of Solomon. It, it's that mushy you know, sloppy, wet kiss love that Josh, Josh was telling us about this morning in his worship song. You know, that, that first year of honeymoon, or for some people, that, that one week of the honeymoon, and some people it lasted, you know, the whole year. Um, I won't talk about Myra and I today. You guys don't need to suffer through that. Uh, I, I will share, though. So when I was reading this one word, um, it flashed me back to the day of, I was thinking of, what are some cool love songs maybe we can make fun of today together? And uh, I remember, the, how many of you guys ever went to the roller skating rink back at home growing up? And how many of you guys couple skated? <laughs> right? And, and most of the time, the girls had to skate backwards because the guys couldn't do that. Like, how many guys in here could skate backwards? Not, I could not skate backwards. But, but my first couple skate song was Keep On Loving You by REO Speedwagon, right? I'm, and I'm not going to sing it for you because I'm, <laughs> I'm a terrible singer. 
But that's eros love. We can thank Ario Speedwagon for spelling that out for us. Keep on loving you. The next love that the Bible talks about is storge love, and that's a family love. Um, that's really, it's almost like brotherly love, but that's phileia. Family love um, is covered in Romans 12, 10, 12.10, actually. So eros, storge, uh, romantic love, family love, phileia love is actually a deep, um, it's a brotherly friendship. It's brotherly love. Or sisterly love, that's phileia. So those are the three different types of love before we get to what we're going to talk about today, agape love. Agape love is a divine, heavenly, eternal love. And that's, that's what we're going to dig into today. Um, that's what we're going to talk about in 1 John 4, 7. So well let me hit this again because Myra, Myra loves it when I talk about her. I, I want to share with you the first time, before we get to agape love, I'm going to go back to romantic love. Maybe, maybe this will hit a chord for you guys. So I have to share the story about when I met Myra. Um, first, first day I came back from vacation in Huntsville, Texas. We worked at Casa Tomas, a uh, Mexican restaurant. So I waited tables through college. Um, she was brand new. We hadn't met yet. She was hostessing hostessing, and um, I, I walked in, and I see this, this brand new girl, and she's beautiful, right? Got my attention almost immediately, and, um, and I walked up to the, well, actually, something like this, where, where the waiters kind of marked their names in, and, and I was, I'd been there for a couple years, right? So I was a senior wait staff, and it was kind of cool, the privilege of the senior wait staff, we got to mark out other people's names in the best sections and put our names in, <laughs> Because that, that's where he made all the money. You're like, sorry, bro, you've been here like four weeks. And, uh, and so I'm marking my name in, and, um, and she comes over to me, and she says, she says, hey, you must be new. And I, and I, I don't know, she, she swears I said this, and I don't remember saying this. And I said, no, I'm not, but you are. <laughs> you know? And that's how we met. And I, I went to the back, and um, so where I'll end this story is, um, we didn't know each other's names for like a week or so. And, uh, um, and so sure, and, and I guess my name was right there, and maybe it was before I got there. And she said, there's a list in the back when you get other waiters to cover your shift. You know, you can see this, you know, this person, their phone number, this person, their phone number. And she had gone through all of those, and she said, I can't find this guy's name anywhere on this list. And uh, she said, I know all of these people except this Larry guy. Surely his name is not Larry. <laughs> and so that, that's my wife, and she felt... She fell in love with me in spite of my name that I inherited from my dad. So, all right. All right, I'm done with that. That's all heresy stuff. Let's get to the Bible. Um, so that's Eros love, right? And we've been together, this will be 23 years this year, by the way. So that was like 25 years ago. So today we'll be in 1 John 4, 7 through 18. Agape love. So unlike our human love, um, I, we're, we're going to explore what agape love is. God's divine love. This is what we were made for. So it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. 
But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is John, by the way, the, one of the apostles that actually spent time with Christ. Um, he saw Christ. He saw his sacrifice. Like he, um, as, as I read these words, and as you go back and read these words, um, just think of the, just think about how you would feel if you had walked with Christ for those three years. I mean, think about this man who, who claimed to be God was among you. Just think about how it would feel to have witnessed all of the miracles, to seen all the people that he healed, to, to hear his words and to hear from his mouth, hey, I just, I just want you to love God and love others. Like, so John, that's the context that we're reading these words. We're reading, we're reading kind of a, a proclamation from someone who, who walked with Christ. So hopefully you hear the excitement in his voice. So I'll continue. This is how we know that we live in him and he is in us. He has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love of God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives and loves in God and in them, this is love, is made complete among us so that we might have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And I almost left that part out, right? Because it's kind of, it's kind of a, a departure from what the beginnings talked about. But I think it's important. And I'll, I'll talk to you about why here in a moment. So the first thing is, you got the first on your sermon notes, we were made to love. The second, uh, the second thing is, we were made to love our creator, and one another. So each of us has been given this, uh, some people call it a void. Some people call it, um, I've got something missing in my heart and my soul. Um, each of us has been given this capacity to love, and we desire to love something, to desire to respond to a love that before we meet Christ, before we meet God, we don't even know where that love's coming from, Right? But those of us who know, those of us who've read these words, we know we were made to love our creator. It's in all of us. Whether you want to or not, whether you like it or not, like it's, it's wired into every part of our being. And then we were made to love one another. The Matthew 22, 36 through 40, love God, love each other. Like Jesus said, this is the greatest commandment. Like he didn't come to give us a bunch of rules. He just said, this is what I want you to do. Love God and love each other. I think he was trying to point to us. There is a compass. He was trying to point out in us. There's a compass inside of us that, that wants, we want this with everything we are. So we didn't create love. Like as much as we, as much as we think, hey, I found love that first time that I asked that girl to couple skate, right? And the skating rink, like that was love, that was exciting, and we all know now, like that's not love. Like, that was like uh, cotton candy and a, and a Mr. Pibb. <laughs> we didn't create love. Uh, love originated with God. Like we are merely, I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way, we are merely responding to God's love. Like it's always been there. He's always been there. He created us. Almost think of like a mechanical 
like mechanism inside of you. He created us to, to decide, am I going to respond to his love? Or am I going to fill that with something else? So here's a test. And this might rub you a little bit, but I don't mind doing that every now and then. Um, think of the one person uh, this week that you got frustrated with. Think about that one person this week that you complained about, even, even if it was in your mind, right? It could have been your spouse, it could have been your kids, it could have been somebody at work. Think about the one person that, that frustrated you this week. Here's the text. Now think for a moment. Say their name in your mind. Now think for a moment. Say their name. God loves that person as much as he loves you and me. Like, that's the divine love of God. Like, he sees us as the same people. Even though that person, the person that did whatever they did this week to frustrate you, like, God sees both of you the same. Like, his love is as much for that person as it, as it is for you and me. I'm trying to prove a point here. God is love. Like, we didn't create love, but we get to respond. We get to respond to it and with it. Isaiah 43, 21 says, The people whom I formed for myself, that's us, so that they might declare my praise. Like, he made us so that we can have a relationship with him, love him, love others, and declare his praise. So how many days are in the week, right, that we have to declare God's praise? One? Sunday? Like, how many days are there in a week that we should be declaring God's praise? Seven, right? The question is, how good, how good am I, you know, when y'all catch me at um, the fly-by coffee shop, or you catch me at, you know, um, downtown hanging out, or you catch me in my backyard on the phone with the bill collector. <laughs> like, that's the one where I've actually had to look around and go, oh, man. Like, I need to calm down. Like, this, this person's trying to get me to pay my bill, right? How many days a week are we to declare God's praise? That's a test. When I catch myself frustrated at someone or complaining, the question is, am I declaring God's praise right now? Or... And this is where we transition. Am I declaring my own praise right now? Am I declaring Larry's praise because I'm awesome and I run my world, right? Nobody else is going to tell me what to do. Or am I declaring God's praise? So there's a little chart in your, in your sermon note. I don't know if you guys, um, if you got a sermon notes today or a pen, um, but there's a little chart. And on the back, we're going to skip past that one and come back to it. There's a little chart. And in that chart, in the top box, write love, if you have a pen. What we love drives our, and in the bottom box, write actions. The thing that we love drives our actions, which reinforces what we love. And it's, it's really simple. What I'm trying to break down is that thing that God made us for. Hey, I'm, I made you to respond in love. Like, I made you to love. Some, we can even say, I made you to worship, but that's next week's sermon, made to worship. We were made to love and worship something. And if we were made that way, we're going to choose to put something in the middle of this, 
what I love drives my actions, which reinforces what I love. The question is, what's in the middle? So the next, on your sermon notes, it says, we were made to worship, and then, but we don't know. We honestly, many of us, a lot of times, don't know what has our full adoration. We think we know, and I'm going to read a couple of things for you, and maybe you can say, is that what I love? Is that what I love more? So let me read these and see what you think. And so no, I'm all about testing, I guess. I'm all about quizzes to, for clarification. You'd be, th- you, this is going to shock you, right? The things that we love. Many people don't know. The first one is self. So in your diagram where it says loves drives actions, on the left side in the middle right, self. A lot of us love ourselves. And tell me if this isn't true. The things we get caught up in, the thing that really is in the middle of, of the space that we're supposed to be loving is, is this for you, power, longing for influence or recognition. The second one is, you can write these in, in the side of your notes, control, longing to have everything go according to my plan. Like how many, I mean, I, this is me. I'm big with this. The reason why I like control is because I like safety. The reason why I like safety is because of the environment I grew up in, right? You put two and two together and go, I, I, I want control of my safety. How about this, moms and dads? We want control of our kids' safety, if you put it on a basic level. These are surprising, I'm telling you. Comfort. Many of us love comfort. We long for pleasure. Like, think about it. When someone asks you, hey, can you come help me move? today? Can you bring your truck? I mean, what's that, what's that first? Some of us are like, heck yeah. Th- those of us with spiritual gifts of generosity are like, yeah, I'll be right there. And then the other half of us are like, man, I got, I got asked to move again and bring my truck. Like, because you want to be comfortable. You want it home, and you don't want your truck scratched, <laughs> right? No one in our family is like that. <laughs> Myra reminds me all the time, you're going to scratch the truck. You're going to scratch the truck. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what a truck is for. Like, how many of you have had this conversation? <laughs> that's so. Anyway, sorry. Forgive me. Um, or this last thing. Maybe, maybe some of us are longing or have the love of approval. Longing to be accepted or desired, valued, or significant. And I, what's crazy about these things Power, control, comfort, approval. On some scale, they're kind of normal, right? They're just, they're what we want in society. It's why we have laws. It's, it's why we encourage one another because we want to be valued. It's why we all pick careers and pick things that we're super passionate about that align with our gifts because we want to bring value to society, right? Like that's a really good thing. The, the question is, is it, is it in the middle of the thing that... Dr- is it in the middle of the space that was designed for God, for us to love God? Are we putting something else in that space? That's the question. And so I think it'll surprise you whenever you figure out everything I'm doing in my life is driving towards this one thing. And the question that I like to ask, is that one thing Christ? Is that one thing actually loving God and loving others, or is it something else? So love the one who loves you back. 
That's what this message is about today. It's really simple. Just love the one that loves you back. We're here talking about the God of the universe, the God who created us to love him and love others. That's all he's asking us to do. Hey, I just want you to love me back. Like I really do, I want you to love me back. And there's a reason for that. Like, um, so some of us, when, when I was younger, when I was 30, I, like, I wanted to make as much money as I could. You know, we started a, a web design firm. We were, you know, we were selling websites for 10000 20000 30000 Depends on how much, you know, what you needed in that website. Or, you know, when I was at Duke Energy, you know, we were trying to raise earnings per share. And, you know, that we all got great bonuses that, that last December in the year when, when we were able to have incredible earnings per share and savings in the bank. And that's all fine and good. That's awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. The, the point is, was I in love with that dollar bill? Was I chasing after success? Because what's crazy about a dollar bill, right? You have a dollar bill. I mean, ask every kid in the room, hey, can I give you a dollar? Like, I think they say, absolutely. <laughs> like, I'd love to take a dollar. But then what do you want next? You want two dollars. And then what happens after you have two dollars? You want five dollars. And just keep adding the zeros, right? Here's the crazy thing. Many of us will spend our entire life trying to add more zeros, but that money will never love us back. It can't. It's a tool. That money, that success was never meant to be put into the spot in us that was made to love and worship God. And yet it's so easy for us because of how our world operates to say this success, this money, is, is I'm, I'm going to arrange my entire life around it. And I'm not going to tell anybody I'm worshiping it and loving it. But that's, that's what happens. When we arrange our entire life around something, it gets all of us. And there's nothing wrong with success, and there's nothing wrong with financial gain. I don't want you to hear that. If I, I want, what I'm trying to drive at is it doesn't belong in the center seat in your life. That's something that's actually a spiritual gift called generosity that could be used for you, those you love in the kingdom. Or how some other things that, that may not love us back uh, People-pleasing. People-pleasing actually is the most painful one of these. It's, it's, pr- it's pride if you think about it. Like, I, I love um, to make people happy. Like, I love to be able to meet needs and see people smile. And, and you know, the young man, Michael, who came through here for a few days, um, I love to see, hey, God loves you. That, like, that's what I'm trying to do. But I have to be careful and say, am I trying to people please, or am I showing God's love? It's just something I personally have to wrestle with. So people pleasing, because at the end of the day, people's love will never fill the void that God's love fills. And people admit it, right? Like we're fickle. Like we're <laughs> we're best friends one day, and then the next day we're we're like, man, he scratched my truck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I let him borrow my truck, and he scratched it. And then, then you're all mad, and then, and then maybe, you, you know, I'll own up and tell you, hey, you scratched my truck, bro. But, <laughs> but no, I'm kidding. Um, or pleasure. Pleasure won't love you back. I, there's a many of men, and we've got some children in the room, so I'll keep this clean. Um, men and women who are stuck in the trap of of trying to get pleasure to love them back. And, and 
And every one of us has been down that road. And then we find out that it's, it doesn't last. It's not real. That fades, right? Like, have you ever thought about everything on this planet since we've, since we've been in the fallen world? It fades and it deteriorates, even our own bodies. Like, I think, I think that's God's way of saying, hey, this stuff doesn't last. But you do. Or you can. He's just trying to say, God is trying to say, love me because I'll love you back. You, that's what I made you for. We're, I mean, this whole series is about what did God make us for? This is a big one. If we can get this one right. So in the center of your chart, uh, mark through self, if you wrote self or that diagram, and put, put Jesus. If we arrange our entire lives, and I know, I know some of you are like, man, there, there he goes again, that we're in church and he's talking about that Jesus again. And I don't know, maybe you're on one side where you say, I don't know what you guys see in that. Like, I, I haven't made that step towards Christ yet. And for those of us that had and said, you know, I'm all in. Like, he's everything. We know what this feels like. When I love Christ, it drives my actions towards everything that he built me for and built you for, which reinforces my love. And then last week, when we went through our spiritual gifts, you start, start seeing our giftings, just the volume come way up. It's super loud. Like mine's generosity, administration, and um, shepherding. When I'm loving Christ, it reinforces my actions. And guess what? How God made me starts to just magnify. And you get to benefit from it, and vice versa. Like I would say, the community of Kodiak, the state of Alaska, would be way better off if we get the volume turned way up on our giftings and we actually loved one another and said, I'm here, I'm here. If it's generosity, generosity. If it's administration, administration, like whatever your giftings are. When we're chasing after Christ and we turn that up, like he starts to say, now there's a, there's a man, there's a woman I could use. It's exciting. Christ should be in the center of that, not self not some of these other, um, what's also known as idols, power, control, comfort, approval. So I have a, another story to share, and, and um, I don't know why this one hit me, but uh, back in the early days when I was trying to figure out how to be a husband, like how to be a, a, a better friend, as you guys can imagine, growing up the way I grew up, I just kind of shied away from men for a long while, and uh, so I started going to this thing called Authentic Manhood. You know, it was a 33 series, and it was, we learned about what, what being a man was, king, warrior, lover, friend. And I'll, I'll talk about that more one day, and it's all based in Scripture, but we're kings, we're warriors, we're lovers, we're friends. The question is, it's a compass, you know. And while we were in this study, there was, there was a man who worked for a, a huge oil company, and he was in our small group. So there was 300 of us guys who met every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m., you know, coffee never tasted better, right? <laughs> 6 a.m. And, uh, and many of us in the room are like, dude, you can't get me up at 6 a.m. But, uh, but we did it, you know, 300 of us. And then we broke out into like five or seven each. And we talked about um, just the things that we, w we talked about. We wish that we were chasing Christ in our younger days versus chasing these other things. And this very wealthy man from the oil business, I mean, he would tell us he's, he had like $10.2 million in the bank. Um, 
and he would tell us all the cool places around the world that he got to go see, and he's standing on this mountaintop, and he's standing over this beautiful view. But he said, you know what? He said, I'd give it up if I could have a relationship with my kids. He said, I, more birthdays and Christmases than I can count was I on the sat phone with them on top of a mountain saying, I love you, Merry Christmas, I love you, happy birthday. And many of us don't have a choice, and I get that, and I, the, I don't, I'm not trying to convict you on that, but he knew at the end of his life he had a choice. He spent 50 years um, watching his bank account grow. And he said, I would give it all back. He said, you know what the crazy thing is? I spent my entire life building this. In the last 20 years, I've been, I've been spending my entire life trying to keep it and trying not to let it go to waste, right, to lose it. He said, it's captured all of me. And he said, that's all I can do to sit in front of you men and just own up to what I've been chasing my life. And he said, I still walk away from here and I need help. Because in the world's eyes, he was a success, Right? That was, I'll tell you, that was really cool for a young man like me to hear as I was trying to figure out, God, what did you make me for? What am I truly loving? Unlike um, us, imperfect fathers, which we all are, by the way, there's not a single one of us that has this thing down as being a perfect father or mother. We, we're doing our best. But unlike us, our Father in Heaven loves you, loves us completely. That's what we're talking about today, agape love. Completely. Agape is the highest of the four types of love in the Bible. It's God's immeasurable, incomparable love for us. It's the divine love that only comes from Him. It's perfect, unconditional, sacrificial, and pure. Jesus Christ demonstrated this kind of love to us, to his Father, and to all humanity in the way he lived and died. So this next one is nothing can separate us from God's love. Like, that's the good news. Even if we're chasing after these other things, like even if we've messed up massively, even if we leave dirty pots in the kitchen downstairs, right, for, uh, for us to find on Sunday mornings. Any, sorry, I don't mean, I don't know why I said that. Because <laughs> I, I, I could tell, I could tell, no, even if, he still loves us. Like, he still loves us completely. Romans 8, 37 through 39 says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him. We read this this morning. Through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. That is in Christ Jesus our Lord. As I conclude, I just... I want to say God loves you right where you are, and he will never stop loving you. Um, I promised you last week that this would be a short sermon, so um, I'm going to keep that promise (laughs) and invite the the worship team back up. But I want to do something a little old school today, if you don't mind, because I think this is a big deal. I think that if you were the captain of a ship and you step out into your boat, 
and you get out in the middle of the water and somehow your steering column breaks. Like, I, I think this is, this is that important. I think it's a big deal to do a heart check every now and then and go, what's the thing that, that is driving everything for me? Like, it's natural to love these other things, but it is supernatural to put God and Christ in the middle of that and to love like He loves. Um, so I'm gonna, I want to do a prayer, and I want to do something old school, and I hope you guys will trust me in this um, and just pray along with me. So let's bow our heads, and everyone close your eyes. Father, we love you today. And God, I thank you uh, for loving us. God, I thank you for uh, not allowing anything else to take your spot in our life. Um, I thank you that your voice just keeps getting louder and that you never let go. You never stop chasing us. God, I thank you that you've given us the capacity to love. And I thank you that, that we're here together in your name. For those of you t- that are here today and haven't made the decision to say, God, I'm all in. I love you. And I want to let you know that it's old school, but I just, I felt like we needed to do this today. Just keep your, keep your head bowed. But if you're saying, I'm ready to let God have the center place in my heart, just raise your hand. Like, God, I'm ready for you to show me how to love the way you love me. And if you want to recommit today and say, you know what, I, I'm recommitting to this. Like, I'm recommitting to love people the way God loves. I'm, I'm recommitting to put God in the center. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Father, we love you. Father, we, we acknowledge that Jesus is the only way, that we are imperfect people who sin, and we thank you that he died for us that he conquered death, that he rose again, and that it's not just a story, it's the truth. And God, thank you for reminding us that you just want our love and that you want us to know how much you love us. Father, for those of us who decided that we're all in today, um, I I ask you just wrap your arms around these men and women and let them know how very real you are. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for making us to love you. In Jesus' name, amen.